Welcome to Furcast, episode 384. I'm your host, Paradox the Red Wolf. And I'm your Tiger Maruski. Hi, kitty. Mama. Welcome back. Hey. You went on a, actually went somewhere, you lucky fuck. Yeah, I, I became an outdoor cat for the first time in like six months. You were an outdoor cat. Yeah. Did you get fed by somebody else? Yes, I got fed by another kitty. Oh, and that's good. An otter. Yeah. And uh, he fed me Italian food. Uh, garlic bread. Oh, geez, you're going to be spoiled now. Yeah, I'm, I'm spoiled. You, you, what you're providing for me, Paradox, is not good enough anymore. Oh, uh, no! <laughs> you got some competition. You <laughs> Ruined. <laughs> now you're going to have to work harder to keep me around. Lesson learned, everybody. Don't let your cats outside. Yep. They'll get, they'll get better food than the food you give. Yeah. And, then... And, and then they'll find uh, like other, <laughs> other cats to mate too, and it's like, oh, this cat is much better. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you got to go somewhere and have fun, because mm. I sat at home and did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I wa- I finished Dark on Netflix, which was good. Yeah. Um, and I got to clean, yay, I guess. Yeah. But there's really, yeah, there's been not much going on other than work stuff, so. Mm. Um, next week is FNT, though, so I'm excited for that. Mm. Um, and before we jump into the roundup, uh, some of the stuff that we have to talk about is, um, like, virtual VR stuff. We should probably mention the Oculus stuff that's been going on. Yeah. So... You own a Quest. Uh, yes, Oculus I own. Quest. I own a Vive. You own a Quest. Yeah. What's your plan? Um, my plan is to return it, and in a way, it feels like I'm making a very drastic action because of the recent announcement that Oculus uh, made. To be fair, they said. To be fair to you, I should say. Yeah. They said like one of their um stage people was like. There will never be the need to sign up for Facebook ever in the history of ever. And then people called them out on it. And yeah. then later on, that same dude was like, well, I, I'm, I, that's not what I meant by that statement, obviously. And it was just like, how do you misinterpret that? Yeah. So, um, so I can't really rationalize why I'm returning it just yet. Yeah. Because I made that decision on the road like a few hours ago. Well, here, here's the other question. So, um, do you have a Facebook account at all? I do a human one. So, what's? Forgive me. I actually, I haven't. I'm not that researched on it. Yeah. What's wrong with just linking that human account? Does it associate like all it of your associates? You can de-associate them, as far as I can tell you like you can make it separate separate as in like other users can't see your human facebook account but what facebook is trying to intend on doing is that you have a facebook account your friend has a facebook account and the facebook's gonna say oh your friend whoever whoever has a vr so you should hook up and play with him and okay they're gonna try to make the connection that you probably don't want to make as a gamer you know your coworker who you really don't like has a VR and is going to say, oh, you should add him. It's like, eh. Well, not not to mention Facebook's just terrible track record with yeah. advertising and, like, you know, privacy policy violations and stuff. But, I mean, because, like, I have a human Facebook. And, by the way, I recommend everybody do this. I have a Facebook with my real name, my real face, mm-hmm. and it is boring as fuck. It is purposely just almost completely blank. I have a few, like, professional photos on there. Mm -hmm. I'm friends with, like, my parents and, like, one or two, like, high school friends that I know in real life. Yeah. And that's it. And it's almost like a professional portfolio. I don't don't like pages. LinkedIn, but not. Almost LinkedIn. Yeah, it's exactly. In fact, actually, actually, I think they link to each other. 
And the reason why I did that is because I was like, okay, well, here's the deal. If an employer is going to search me, I want them to find something. Mm -hmm. And I would rather be in control of what they find rather than not be in control right. of what they find. And so that was why I... No, that said, would I link that to my gaming headset? I don't... Like, that bothers me a lot. Yeah. And so it's like... And Facebook enforces real name policy. Yep. And I and, know... And they are active about it, by the way. I've had friends that had, like, fursona Facebook accounts mm -hmm. where they had... And we're talking, like, even though it was their fursona's account or whatever, yeah. they still had, like, real-life photos... And, like, we're friends with a bunch of people and communicate it, and Facebook would still take their account down and be like, this isn't a real – like, you, you have a duplicate account. Yeah, and the problem is now you got money associated with that account. Your game library, you spend $200 on that furry name gaming account, and they say, hey, you're not using human names, so I, we're either going to ban you, remove you from Facebook, or some sort of – take some sort of punitive action. So there goes your money, $200. Yeah. Well, and it – and uh, another thing before I forget, I see VR is a place for me to experiment around with different identities. Facebook doesn't get it. Facebook uh, or just like just normal normie world always yeah. assumes your identity is what you're given at birth. And that's who you are is surrounded by your local friends, local coworkers. And to associate your identity that you're trying to uh, experiment with, with your real life identity who you have to deal with unwillingly every day yeah it's like they're trying to do the whole real name real face phone book kind of thing whereas yeah. it's like we come from the world of like reddit and twitter and telegram where it's like you have multiple accounts you have yeah. screen names you have identities you have privacy yeah. you have yeah. you know and and not even not even saying that other platforms do a good job at privacy right they all have their issues yeah. but at least you can have multiple accounts yeah Right? Like, Telegram has tons of privacy issues, especially with, like, the whole phone number thing. But you can still have multiple Telegrams, mm. and you can still at least do something. Mm. Whereas, like, it's, it, it, with Facebook, it's just straight up, no. Yeah. Like, there's just, you can't do it. And with the whole real name thing, it's not done by human. It's done by AI. So even if you're, like, a small, like, a furry who usually keeps things to himself and only has, like, 50 friends... The AI will still catch you. I don't know it's, if it's. I think it's. It puts it in a queue for a person to look at. I think. Oh. I, I think it. It's, at least it. Maybe it might be. It. I'm. I haven't had to deal with this issue on Facebook in so long because I again I barely use it. But yeah. it was at the time. Um. A like you would actually get like a report from a person saying mm -hmm. like oh your account was whatever and then you could dispute it. I think. But it would an, take it would take like weeks to dispute. Yeah. I think they have an AI, uh, f just for that purpose nowadays. Maybe. Like, well, maybe not if you dispute it, though. Mm, but either, yeah. not not that Facebook has a good track record with moderation either. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it kind of surprised me hearing the Oculus news this week because um, I, I didn't. You, you know, in my personal life, I hear you know you hear people shit on Facebook all the time. Yeah. Um, and and people shit on all kinds of social media for for various different reasons. Right. It, it really blew me away how unilaterally negative. Everybody was over this. Yeah. Like it just blew me away. Every podcast I've listened to, every yeah. news channel, every YouTube channel that yeah. has talked about it yeah. has talked about it in a negative light. Mm. And it's just like, I don't wow, see like people really, people really. And then Linus Tech Tips um, on their podcast, Ooh. Ooh. they went as far as to say, he goes, you know what? He goes, I bet you anything 
there's going to be a class action lawsuit over this. Yeah. And he goes, and I bet they budgeted that. Uh, they probably just went, well, how many of these have we sold? Oh, we sold that many? Okay, budget some extra money in for the class action lawsuit that people will... Like, right. they do not care. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's just... It's depressing. Yeah. And I, to be, you know who I really feel bad for is all the people who work at Oculus. Yeah, they... Okay, hardware design-wise... It is fabulous. The ingenuity that went into it. Yeah, the, the usability, the portability, yeah, the flex. It was great. Ease of use. They they make it really easy to get into the system. And the price. Yeah. Economies of scale, obviously, there. Mm. But, you, you know, perhaps a bit of an abuse of power. But mm. still, good price. Yeah. Can't, you know. Hard to beat it. Yeah. Like, I'm considering other systems now, and they're at least 1.7 times the the amount that I've spent on Rift. And it's like... And I, it's like the money that I have to spend to make my statement kind of thing. Well, so that's the other thing, right? There are some people... And by the way, a shout out to Firewing in chat who says, can't you just make your Facebook page private? Sort of. I mean, I think the issue here is it's the principle, right? Yeah. So like... Gr- great example, uh, just as for the thought experiment. Uh, Pocket Casts which is a fantastic app. It used to be a paid app and you bought the app and you got everything. Yeah. And you bought it once. They decided, well, that's not sustainable. Now, they said on their FAQ, we will only ever charge you for the app once. Mm-hmm. So you bought the app, you got it. And you would just buy it through like the iOS store, or the Google Play store, or whatever. It was just a paid app. And people would say, hey, it's totally worth it because it's a really good app. Well, then what they said is, well, well wait a minute. How about this? Why don't we take some of the features and tack on a couple extra ones like extra themes extra icons whatever you know like cloud storage they just tacked a bunch of stuff on and they said okay how about this how about that is now a monthly or yearly subscription but the app and most of the features that most people want to use are free yeah and people bitched and they said, oh, well, we'll tell you what. If you paid for the app, we'll give you two years of our our full premium cloud service for right. free. Yeah. And people still bitched. And I remember asking my friend Jesse, shout out to Jesse, I said, wait a minute. I said, the, I said it's only like, you know, a couple bucks. Like, it's not like a crazy amount of money. And he goes, it doesn't matter. Mm. It is the principle. You lied. Mm-hmm. Right? You, I bought this once with you saying that that was what I, I purchased a product and you are now taking the product away from me. Hmm. And now eventually they they listened and they have ended up giving everybody who purchased the app once uh, unlimited lifetime access to the cloud service. Um, and now and now the app is free. And by the way, I still recommend PocketCast, great app. But it, it it's part of it is the principle, right, of yeah. lying to the users and deceiving people, especially when it comes to privacy and and gaming and things like that. Because a lot of especially our generation, people who buy the Oculus. Yeah don't like Facebook. And they know that. It's, it's, the, their user base is actually under like a, a 40s, 50s. Yeah. Your, uh, what's the term for it? Midlife, yeah. People yeah. in their midlife. Well, and I also heard some people who are kind of questioning how is Oculus going to, how are they going to handle the corporate world? All of the Oculuses that are used for like training, um, and like military stuff, um, oh, there's yeah. there's a few VR applications for stuff like that. Yeah, education, yeah, educational. Yeah, and it's like, how are they going to handle? Like, is there a workaround for that? Or 
<laughs> you just probably don't want to, you know, no one's, I don't, I can't imagine going to the office at work and just casually signing into my Facebook account <laughs> on the company's Oculus so that yeah. I can run some training program or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they'll have some sort of enterprise option uh, already planned out for that kind of occasions. Yeah. Still. So, you're returning yours. Yes, I'm returning mine. And shucks, I won't have VR system for three months, four, uh, sorry, not three months, uh, three weeks, four weeks. I can always use mine for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had problems with Oculus Quest because it is CPU accelerated system because it's uh, sending the stream over USB-C. Yeah, because it has to encode the video and then spit it out of the USB port. Yeah. Because it's an encoded bit stream, unlike something like a Vive, which is basically just a monitor on your graphics card. So I'm planning on moving to a GPU-accelerated or GPU-dependent system so that I don't have to suffer the horrible... (laughs) Yeah. To be fair, at some point, you deserve a CPU upgrade, too. Yeah. I'm thinking... I'm keep telling myself that I'm going to wait for the new version new uh, new uh, new version of the Ryzen series but I don't need that much CPU power yeah you know most of the things are already like um, AV1 codecs are pretty common you, uh, no there is no hardware AV1 decoding oh, okay. with the exception of uh, dedicated chipsets uh, like my new smart TV has AV1 decoding but uh. that's Okay. Yeah, you're not going to find it in a CPU anytime there, soon. There are certain things that my CPU does not have for hardware acceleration, but... Yeah. Eh. All right. Um, yeah, and uh, XSS Fox says a lot of games are single-core bound. Yeah, so the problem with that is that even if some certain parts of the game engine are multi-core, yeah. at the end of the day, like if you have to shove what the game engine's doing into the VR runtime, right. a lot of times that will be on a single-core. Oh, okay. Um, or like the the net code will be on a single core for the mm. game that's i believe the problem with vr chat don't yeah. quote me on that though but uh anyway well yeah well we'll have to see kind of how it goes yeah. um and and it's one of those things where you know if they reverse the decision you know you can always just buy it again because yeah. you're just returning it so you can always just buy it again mm. and i but i think that will it's important to show that lesson to them yeah that like you know i it, it's Half of it is I need something that can run on my crappy PC, and the other half is I'm making a statement yeah. to the big-ass corporation. Well, my question is, I almost wonder if this is actually going to result in more people having VR because uh, there's a lot of people who don't like what Oculus is doing. Yeah. But there's also a lot of people who probably just don't care, right? They'll just yeah. do anything to get oh, VR, yeah. right? Because VR is expensive. Yeah. So think about how many Oculuses now are going to show up on eBay, and Kijiji and Craigslist yeah. and Facebook Marketplace for mm-hmm. nothing. You know, so it kind of makes me wonder, like, if it's actually in certain ways going to do better for the VR community because now a lot of people are probably going to turn around and go and give, you know, Valve money yeah. or whoever else makes decent headsets these days. Yeah. Um, and then people who previously couldn't afford it might be able to get a really good deal on an Oculus. Possibly. Yeah. As an entry device. Yeah. Yeah. Not saying that I'm like happy with their decision, but like, yeah. it might but be. I don't think that was in Facebook's equation because <laughs> no, <laughs> them thinking about used market mm-hmm. in the corporate world, it doesn't exist. Well, and they are going to have to deal with a certain amount of returns. Although I'd assume, well, I don't know, because VR has exploded during COVID, but I'm not sure how many people. You are lucky; you're still you're still on the return window for yeah, yours. Yeah, I got four days left. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. All right. Well, right before we jump into the roundup, I just want to mention that Furcast is sponsored by TwinTailCreations.com. You can check them out at TwinTailCreations.com. They sell all kinds of fun adult toys, and we have coupon codes. Coupon code REDWOLF or the coupon code BLUEFOX will get you up to 20% off on the silicone products. And with that, it is probably about time that we jump into our news roundup. So let me get the stupid sound effect for that, and let me get the stupid graphic for that. And let me click the button on the stupid graphic for that. There we go. And I'll click the button for the stupid sound effect on that. Welcome to the roundup. This is the segment where we throw a bunch of links at you. You can check them out on your own after the show, as always, when we post the episode, which uh, is usually in a few days. Of course, we do have some VR things to talk about, but we also have some other stuff that's going on. First, let's get the bad news out of the way. Canceled conventions. Nordic FuzzCon. Canceled. 2021. Not happening. Oh, my God. If 2021 February con is not happening in, where is it, Norway? Uh, Sweden. Uh, Sweden, sorry. Then if he in Canada in March 2021 is probably not going to happen either. Well, I think FE already announced that they are... Um, delaying hotels. Delaying hotels, yeah. yeah. So it's to be expected, but oh, another year of it. Yeah. Next next one, Furry Ski Weekend 2021, FSW, which is not... It's sort of a con. It's a quote-unquote a private event, but it, it's... It's a small con, basically. Uh, that is canceled. So, there you go. Uh, next in the roundup, walkies could become the law for German dog owners. Taking your dog for walks twice a day for at least an hour in total could become the law in Germany, according to uh, BBC News here. Uh, under the plan rules, dog owners will have to take dogs for walks twice a day for a minimum of one hour total, will not be allowed to keep their dogs chained for long periods of time, and will not be allowed to leave dogs alone the whole day. Mm, and uh, I think, uh, scroll up to the top, Yeah. I think it's to prevent puppy farms or puppy mills. Because mm. like, if some, some shitty like business owners just pump out puppies for the sake of selling them later... And if you have a bunch of them, and and if you have to follow that law, you'll have to take individual of those puppies for walkies, which is not going to be easy if you have like if you're pumping out thirty of them every several months or so. Yeah, but how do you how do you enforce it? Is it I, like somebody can report you? I assume. I guess I guess it's more so of a uh, uh, like um, if you're caught in a major, you get extra uh, fine. Yeah, yeah, extra that, fine or extra punishment. I guess that's fair. Yeah. yeah. So that means I will have to take you out for walkies. Yeah, you have to take me for walkies. Legally. Legal. Well, we don't live in Germany. Oh. But, I mean, you know, it would. we could pretend. Yeah. That'd be nice. Or it, <laughs> or we go to, uh, when we go to um, the Euroferns. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Friends. Every- Shit, guys. They're like, all, oh, wow, Euroferns. That, wow, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of. Um, Canines. No, I was going to say. uh Overhead, like legal overhead for Euroference now. Think of how much paperwork Euroference is going to have to do to prove that all of the dogs are taken on walkies. That's a lot, man. An hour each. <laughs> every fursuiter. Or every dog fursuiter. Yeah. And all the cat fursuiters take them for walkies. Uh. Anyway, uh, next, this was blown up on Twitter. Uh, so... 
I guess uh, Humps on Twitter. Shout out to Kieran. <sighs> Even though he's a snap. Uh, he tweeted, AFK for like a month. Hashtag Flight Simulator 2020. Now, it, worth noting, Humps does a lot of stuff um, in data centers. I believe he's a software developer for some big companies. And he, he does a lot of really cool like IT stuff. Um, pretty brilliant guy. For a Snow Leopard, I mean, you know, he's still a snap. But other than that, he's a brilliant guy. Um, but I guess Microsoft either follows him or noticed and tweeted, did you fly over any snow leopard habitats? And he said, maybe, were they as beautiful as you imagined? (laughs) And people like started spamming, but then it got worse. And Microsoft said, by the way, here's one for you. And made, they, they, I guess they commissioned this of a snap in a plane (laughs) saying, it's spotted spotted at Homps. Not nearly enough snow leopards. That was it. And then Microsoft said, here's one for you. And then <laughs> Swift on security <laughs> says, Microsoft, no. Worth noting, Swift on security is uh, uh, talks very often about um, Windows, like, you know, server domain security and stuff. Uh, all kinds of... <sighs> all these... Oh, and then there's the other furries that worked at Microsoft. <laughs> fucking... I know a couple. Yeah. Anyway... So that tweet blew up. There's Swift on Security's tweet. Next, there is a trailer for Virtual Furns, and it is the cutest thing ever. Are you ready to enter a new world? A world where distance won't keep you and your friends apart? From this point forward, you won't have to be alone at home anymore. <laughs> From the comfort of your living room, Virtual Furns is bringing the con to you. Ever wanted to go to a convention that never ends? Want to meet new friends? <laughs> or maybe you want the whole hotel to yourself? This is so freaking awesome! Do you just want to get away with stuff you can't do in real life? Like having that sick satisfaction of pressing all the elevator buttons all at once? Actually, please don't do that. <laughs> Virtual Furrance is a complete convention experience. We've got room parties. We've got queues. In VR, you'll have eyesight twice as good as you would in a fursuit. <laughs> Never worry about the rush to book a room ever again. Cause we have infinite rooms. Hotels full? Boom. Start up a new hotel. It's that easy. When you join an instance of our world, you'll feel like you're actually there. I am in the Estrel. Not only are we offering a one-to-one recreation of the Estrel Hotel in Berlin, we even replicate the very real experience of convention elevators. With all the waiting and stress, guaranteed. You can even touch your friends. They did such a good job on that, on the elevator This stuff. is so weird. I had no idea virtuality would be this realistic. Yeah. At Virtual Furrance, you can jump on the beds and climb the fountain as much as you want. But when I tried that at the real hotel, I got stuff yelled at me like, Stop! And, We need to call security. Be with your friends. But most importantly, be yourself. Find or make an avatar. Try it on and give it a go. In VR, there are no limits to what you can be. When you look in the mirror for the first time, you'll see yourself in a whole new way. Welcome 
to the future. There you go. By the way, there's Foxamore in the background. And uh, Rimano, or Rimajo, made the video. And that's on uh, Kex's YouTube channel, by the way, uh, who we've uh, shot out a couple times before. Kex's uh, YouTube channel is awesome. So we'll have that linked in the roundup. Uh, but Virtual Ferns did their virtual dance comp, which was interesting. Uh, they worked really hard on it. By the way, uh, Jupes won. It was number one. And then Seabase uh, was number two. And Skeleto was number three. Um, but there they all are. And, they're, uh, and of course, Cooper Tom was the MC. Uh, and they had some uh, pretty usual dancer for judges. It was fairly interesting. And by the way, we do have some behind-the-scenes information on how the virtual thing was produced. They actually had a virtual video switcher. Uh, because we need to save every possible FPS here um, to make this happen. We are rendering uh, eight cameras at once, but those are 16 cameras if I switch to the next camera set. And here you can see um, a lot of stuff that was programmed by Notfish, who is now on stage. And uh, I can scrub in here to like set a certain height for an avatar and set wow. a certain start position I can commit. And then you have it on the live output. And we have a lot of cool camera cameras and I can kind of like be and DJ here. It's not really easy. Uh, nothing is easy when you're in VR, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's basically how I can can do like like some amazing shots and also Jeez. like per avatar. So Always. they actually had like a whole AV crew, a virtual AV crew producing the virtual event, which is great. Um, so we'll have all of this linked and uh, in, in the post show, but uh, or on the blog. Um, speaking of virtual stuff, Indie Furcon is hosting a live streamed convention on August 28th, which I believe is next week. Um, so if we click this here, uh, we can see, uh, yeah, Indie Furcon online. Uh, I have no idea what they're doing. I guess they have, oh, they have a bunch of events. They have dances, DJs, uh, Jackbox partying, uh, Dragget show. Let's see what else. Uh, looks like Uncle Kage's doing a thing, uh, a bunch of game shows, some comedy stuff. Um, convention horror stories, uh, coloring and art stuff. So yeah, it might be kind of cool. Worth checking out. IFC Live. Um, that's on IndieFurcon.com. Uh, next, interesting article from BBC Work Life. Thinking of yourself as a separate entity can reduce anxiety. No shit. <laughs> I, I love. <laughs> Welcome to the furry fandom. <laughs> yeah, they were like, it's the Batman effect. It's like, yeah, it's. Thanks. Way ahead of you. Uh, and finally, last thing in the roundup is just a cute video no, no. of some wolves eating berries. Just because I feel like we need this in our life right now. So there you go. It's wolves eating blueberries. That's the end of the roundup. It's a short one. Huh. 83% of their July diet can be blueberries. Yep. Yeah, wolves apparently eat a lot of blueberries. Wow, that's a thick GPS collar there. But, uh, yeah, and this is on uh, Voyager's Wolf Project YouTube channel. So worth checking out. We assume that wolf pups just ate blueberry. Oh, there you go. Anyway, that's the end of the roundup. Oh, um, it's adorable. It is, yeah. You want some blueberries? <gasps> I don't know. I don't know if I'm really a fan of blueberries. Oh. Yeah. Maybe maybe red wolves don't like blueberries. Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
Could be. <laughs> You'll have to wait a couple more years until scientists find that out. <laughs> <laughs> until all the mysteries. It's like, yeah, scientists, you could have just asked. Uh, anyway. Yeah, there's not a lot of them out there, so it'll be even harder to find out if they like if red wolves like blueberries or not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, why don't we do uh, why don't we do our music break and sponsor stuff and Patreon stuff now? Okay. Uh, and then we'll do emails. Okay. Afterwards, we actually have a bunch of emails that people have sent in that we can read, so we'll we'll get to that. All right. Furcast is sponsored by TwinTailCreations.com. You can check them out at TwinTailCreations.com. They make high quality, durable, carefully made toys for awesome and reasonable prices. They come in all kinds of very pretty colors. Seriously, they are really pretty. They look gorgeous on a shelf. They look like better than any of the other toys that I've ever seen from any other brand. They're so pretty. (laughs) Anyway, custom patterns, you can get them in. You can also ask them to surprise you. One of the options, you can just say, hey, surprise me, and they'll do all kinds of pretty swirls and things in the design. Um, of course, there's also furcast colorations. If for whatever reason that's something you want, I don't know why you would want that genuinely. But if you want furcast colorations, they have them. It's one of the options, and I believe it does not cost any extra for them to do that. Um, they also ship discreetly. Credit card transaction just says TTC LLC, and so does the shipping label. And uh, the they also ship internationally. The customs paperwork says silicone sculpture. <laughs> If I was a customs agent and something said silicone sculpture, I feel like I'd be a little suspicious. But anyway, uh, they're in our community. They're in our chat room all the time. They a lot of times answer questions, uh, and they are de- they're degenerates just like you. Uh, so if you ever have questions or uh, want to know things about uh, either the products themselves or uh, how to use them or shipping information or pricing information or any of that, you can just ask in our chat room and they're usually in there uh, or we can forward the message over to them really easily. Uh, Fans are also encouraged to reach out with their experiences. So if you want to make a review, be a bit of a weird review, but... Or even take videos of it. Or video, Mercast. We have a Mercast chat. So you can, uh, well, we have a Mercast channel that you can like submit to. So you can do that. Um, Has anybody... I'm trying to think if anybody's actually submitted like a review to Murcast chat. No, not we really, like a somebody needs proper. to do that. Like we've like I've, I've seen people post Twin Tail stuff in Murcast, mm-hmm. but I've not seen anybody like, "Hey guys, this is my review of." <laughs> Send an email, please. <laughs> um, we'll read it out. And you can get up to twenty percent off on their silicon products with the coupon code Red Wolf or the coupon code Blue Fox. Um, and they have other things besides silicone products as well. They have uh, cool little cuffs and all kinds of other little adult toys and trinkets and knickknacks and cute little mini figurines and things, uh, which we have all over our house. They're on all of our shelves and all of our <laughs> coffee tables and everything. Um, that's pretty much it. Thank you to Twin Tails for sponsoring Furcast. This episode of Furcast, I should say. Um, make a how-to video. Sorry, firing in chat. Yeah, I don't know. Well, like, it's kind of funny because I feel like that is one of those things where, like, unless you know people who are experienced, it is kind of hard to get information on that. Like, how to go about that process and get started. Process of what? Using a dildo. Oh. I've never used one before. (laughs) What kind of bottom are you? Uh, Well, you're a Switch. Yeah, but I, I seek out real dicks. I seek out real dicks? Yeah. Well, I mean, COVID, you can't. 
I'm pointing one right at. Are you saying that I'm a dick? No. <laughs> you just provide me with. Oh, a dick. okay. All right. Well, glad to have that clarified. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. All right, guys. Uh, we're gonna jump on the uh, Patreon shoutouts train. Patreon updates have been slightly updated. Uh, and we'll be back after, uh, yeah, we'll just do the Patreon shout-out, and then we'll be back. We'll read some emails, and then after emails, that'll be it. Uh, for tonight, it'll be a little bit of a shorter show, so that'll be nice. All right, you guys are listening to Furcast. We'll be back. You're listening to Furcast. Support for Furcast comes from Legendary Lion, Keen Kingfisher, Jazzy Jaguar, Inspiring Iguana, Groovy Gecko, Free Fox, Crafty Coyote, Brave Badger, Groovy Gorilla, Disco Dingo, Willy Werewolf, Precise Pangolin, Lucid Lynx, Warty Warthog, and Dapper Drake. Additional support for Furcast comes from Tiger, Cheetah, Panther, uh, guys, Snow uh, Leopard. Hey, guys, um, I think... Um, I think something's wrong with the script. I know, they're all cats. Isn't it great? Lion. Mountain lion. Puma. Uh, yeah, so at the top of my script, it says open sense roadmap. And then, wait a minute. And then at the top of my list, it says Ubuntu releases. Uh, mine says list of Mac OS X editions. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me just grab that. Uh, okay, there's the actual script. All right, uh, there you go. I think you got it. Okay, here we go. Uh, Support for Furcast comes from Patreon users, including Shaman the Photon Wizard, Dexy Waxy, Donut, Phaon, Energize the Wolf, Sweetie Darling, Barnaby Fox, Strike the Sergle, Frost Blaze, Anu Fox, Omega Zai, Mullock the Generic Brown Wolf, Cypher the Heckmutt, X the Fox, Binary Paws, Zavarkin, Fireline Coyote, Trinity Werefox, Lord Headcheese, Biohazard, Code Yaks, Fox Triple Seven, Fiasco, Red Eye the Rody Red Lion, Tukiri, Lieutenant Fox, Calypso Collie the Fluffy Trucker, Mellow Wolf, Rit the Otter, Doxy, Zoopy the Barcode Kitty, Archaeus the Tiny Tiger, Horse Code Hooves Up, Alta Shep, Meru Snowmew, D Otter, Ski Sharp, Nick Liz, Nerd Hoof, Zenair the Mutt, Nether Lynx, Frost Wolgon, Jeb M16, Static the Scrap Goat, Taru the Yellow-Nosed Doggo, Cronass, Jax the Husky, Fuzzy the Fox, No Name Horse, and Gaia Wellen. Additional support comes from social media. Twitter users, Commander Wolf 3, Kazro Fox, Drop Table Foxes, Perp, House Tier, Anti-Blue Fox, Onyx Fox 23, BBQ Skunk, Rivik Wolf, John Crescent, Kaz the Dreg, Wolvern 4, Nate Blueberry 13, Bell Platagon, Jared Tamana, Ziv Fox, Cyrus SL, Crossy on Twitter at XSS Fox, The Other Commander Wolf on Twitter at Forwolf99, Reiner on Twitter at What's the Fuzz, Brother Rat on Twitter at Ratus Spiritus, Zelig on Twitter at Stealthy Dragon, Trashcat Danny on Twitter at Trash Danny. Twelve on Twitter at The Lion Thing. Shua on Twitter at Pulsing Panther. Dakota Winter on Twitter at Dakota Wolf Twelve. Telegram user Sorcerer Dale. YouTube channel Joe G Bear. And the following websites: MacroWolf.com, 
arihu.com, hack13.me, superdwarf with anthrolinks.net, and Devin D. Partlett with furryhockeyleague.com. Additional support for Furcast comes from Shisha Sheppy, who's a good boy. For head bases and 3D printed goods, commission Tar Paw Studios at Alice Tar on Telegram. Silver Moonshine, maker of fluffy tails. Fisk Games, the new furry YouTuber on the block. At AlecGator300 on Twitter, creating pixel arts and being a filthy hybrid since 2012. Tantru with World in Rue View, providing fandom news since 2015. Honorius, who says, one more cheese joke and someone's getting bored. Spurigs, one of the only Ethiopian wolf degenerates in all of furry land. Scar the Fur on YouTube, giving you bite-sized, detailed furry history. Kilo the Proto-Yote, who says, Jesse is the best kitty. Cody Big Cat, with Cody's custom auto and truck accessories. Come see us today at 625 East 1st Street in Vidalia, Georgia, for all your auto accessory needs. Light and Shadow, the wolves keep furry possum. Patty, who says, what Socks says is true. Socks, who says, what Patty says is not true. A message from at Grundy the Goat. <clears throat> but that train keeps rolling on down the San Anton. Donran, munching those pizzas and writing those tunes. For an invite to the unofficial Furcast Minecraft server, message at Sashahina on Telegram. KobeCats.com. Take a bite out of art. We know you're hungry, so come get your paws and maws on a delicious piece of burger-priced art. Ryko's Furry Fortune Telling on Telegram at Obsidian Fox. Saucy Fox, who says, I'm trash. Raccoons, HMU. Checkers the Dragon. Chess is my safe word. Fishmeister Cod, still not a furry since February 2011. Knightly at Snouts.online, who says, I want to see this community grow beyond meets and conventions. Permanent furry commune. When? Max Shepard, who has been watching since the bacon felony. Nianwaf, who says, Oreo is a very good boy. Little underscore sunshine and Scootaloo with the unofficial XBN Xbox app at patreon.com slash horse apps. Furcast's number one wimpy fan, Tyler the Wesky. Shaki, the maid lord of Nordic Fuzzcon. Visit the Maid Cafe at Nordic Fuzzcon in Sweden. Chris Tail on FA, specializing in Tuni art. The Church of Iswar, worshiping links since the year Tuft. Rose Iron Husky, smell those sweet, sweet welds. Skycorp, creating transformative technologies for mature audiences at skycorp.global. Check out the SoCal Shepherd Show wherever you get your podcasts. Disc Cookie, creating procedural beatmaps for VR rhythm games. Karenos, who says, Circles are quite friendly and nice, actually. Tequin, TC Fox, and Kaiwana of the Infrasect Den in Wellington, New Zealand. At Equinox on Twitter, who says, Remember kids, neigh loudly, squeak often. Sylvan Scott, Grey Muzzle, Sword a Rider, and Tabletop Gamer. On Fur Affinity as Sylvan, with size-related stories and other speculative fiction. Shadowclaw Studios. Check out our Facebook page for links to our gaming streams. The Feline Support Alliance. A good kitty is a bitey kitty. Check it, Airlines. We always land on our feet. 
Silvergatomon at patreon.com slash Silvergatomon. Cheetah Paws for a daily dose of bulgy arts. Support him at patreon.com slash Paws. And a very special, special thanks, thanks to Blaze Fusky and Decibel Fox. Support for Furcast comes through Patreon, PayPal, cash donations, and from listeners like you. To become a patron and learn more about supporting Furcast, visit furcast.fm support. This is XDN. Welcome back. All right, guys, we're going to jump into some emails that we got from people. Hey, all you crazy furs. This is from D, by the way. Daughter. I think. D, D Otter? Yeah, because it's a uh, D apostrophe Otter. So yeah, I think it's, like so it's D Otter. Daughter? Or D, D Otter. otter. Daughter? Daughter. 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 I am writing to ask Paradox's opinion because he, you, know a fair bit about communication and infosex, so you would be informed. I, oh, okay. I guess. Uh, I don't know what it's about yet. Last Thursday, July 30th, the federal government of Canada released a COVID-19 tracing app. It is called COVID Alert. Not very imaginative, but government usually likes to try to sound neutral. I have not installed or downloaded it yet. I wanted to wait a few days and see if there are any complaints. Uh, never be the first on your block. Paradox, do you know anything about this app? If not, what do you think about the security of tracing apps in general? Not that anything can't be hacked, but how hackable are they? Personally, I worry a little bit about some redneck uh, arsehole might think that because we're too close, he got COVID-19 from me and wants revenge. I can also see some employers learning that an employee has or might have it and decide it's easier to just fire them than to have them on sick for two or three weeks. Uh, our insurance companies closing people's accounts before they have to pay benefits. I don't just trust my government to have a deliberately sabotage privacy COVID alert. Um, although I would if it was the conservative Canadian government. And the other paw, anything can be hacked. What is your opinion? Best wishes, D. Okay. So, First of all, the COVID tracing is not done by the app. It is done by the API in the phone. Um, and that was a like co-production thing that Apple and Google worked on. Um, I'm not 100% sure how it works. I know it has something to do with uh, generating a new token every day on your device and then randomly handing out that token to people and other people hand out their token and you kind of siphon all of the tokens and then after a while you might be able to compare a known token that was by somebody that had it. That's assuming that that person goes through the normal healthcare process and gets tested and all of those other things, which testing is pretty in a pretty good state in Canada, at least in most of the areas, although it depends exactly on what province and I think um, as for compromising it, I mean, sure, you are blasting Bluetooth beacons out in various places. And that is something that maybe is of, of a concern to you. But then just don't install the app like you don't have to. It's not anything. that's Right. Really... But there's there's the uh, play it here where you want to participate in the action against COVID by installing the app. Right? Yeah. You're you're helping the cause, but I think daughter is just trying to weigh in like what's the risk factor of getting into the system of like helping 
the so, COVID alert system run. So for the, the technical issue, I would not worry about it at all. Keep in mind, as you walk around, your phone is already broadcasting beacons for things like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Um, depending on the OS version, um, may or may not do that somewhat safely. Like, I believe in recent versions of iOS, it will actually randomize the, um, uh, not the Wi-Fi beacon, the, um, it randomizes the MAC address until you're actually connected to something. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep in mind, I mean, if think about what you're doing, right? If you're going to the store, if you're going to work, if you're going home and you're connecting to Wi-Fi, you're already blasting that stuff out everywhere. If someone's really going to – I wouldn't worry about somebody targeting you specifically. I think that's not anything to worry about. Now, as for the whole healthcare, government job stuff – on, on one hand, I say I understand the concern. On the other hand, like, if your employer fired you for having COVID, I'm pretty sure you could sue them. Yeah. Now, um, my concern, let's say you have that app and another person who is COVID positive and in the system is known to be COVID positive and you approach them. And let's say you just went to some small grocery shop and you them you know them personally on first name basis. Okay. And then you get a COVID alert from the app like a few hours later. It's like, well, there's only one possible transmission source and it would be that person. Could you make that assumption? Or would the app even give you the alert that you have been in contact with someone who might have? I'm also not sure how good the API is with whether or not you've been around somebody. Like, what if you're just driving, uh, you know, and you're, like, at an intersection yeah. with other cars nearby and somebody in a car nearby has COVID? Does it, is that, does it like, filter that out? Or I would assume drywall that, between that person and yourself? Yeah. It's like, that's kind of what makes me wonder. Um, and that's why I think it's a neat concept. I don't know... We're, we're really not going to know until months go by and we get the actual reports. But as far as I'm aware, there's not really any full report of anybody actually being like having their life saved or anything by this. It's more of just kind of it's a cool thing. And hey, why not? We all carry devices with us. And hey, why not? Maybe give you an alert to just go and get tested an extra time or two than you would normally if you think you've been exposed. But it's making a lot of assumptions. It is. Yeah. But what I mean... That's the only way you can really do it as anonymously as they're trying to do it with the with the stuff. Um, yeah. Um, and and there is, by the way, tons of technical write-up information. Uh, FNT Fox um, just uh, listed one as well. Um, and again, I, I, my concern isn't really the technical side so much as it is, yeah, like, you know. I Here's the other thing. Like, if... I don't understand why you getting COVID and then getting fired from your job matters on whether or not you have the app. How would your employer find out? Because, like, let's say your boss has an app and on his phone. Right. And you come in for work and you're the only person. Or let's say you work in one section of the factory and you're the only guy in for that day. And your boss says hi. And then you guys just talk to each other and that your boss gets like alert. You have been you may have been possibly exposed to COVID. Isn't it a law in some areas? I I thought Canada was doing a pretty good job of this, of like if you are test, you do test positive, they have to give you like two weeks off. I think so. I'm not certain about that. But would wouldn't that give the preemptive like this guy possibly has COVID. And if you have excuse, 
should use it now kind of thing. Sure, but if you have COVID. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Like, so you're telling me if you test positive for COVID, you're not going to tell your boss that you were just standing next to? Like, that's the other thing. Like, what, why, when are, why would you want to not tell people? Well, you don't even... Oh, right, right. Okay. Makes sense. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, if you're the only guy in the office, and then a day later you get tested, but, and then and then the, the clinic writes down your name and submits your name to the system, right, and then right. it alerts everybody. Okay. Like, I mean, I, I guess it's a little bit sucky that it's not in your control to be able to alert people because yeah. they, the system just does it for them. Yeah. But at the same time, like... If I was a guy working in an office and somebody had COVID, I would fucking want to know. Not because I'm going to fire that guy, but just because it's a safety. Like, you know, you're you're playing with people's lives. I mean, I think, I don't know. That doesn't, I don't know. No, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, and and I'm not sure, by the way, how um, that data gets submitted to the. And the thing is, like, let's say you got in or the API detects that you have been in contact with someone who has COVID, does that mean you, your phone, broadcast yourself as you have COVID? No, 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 no. No, it just gives you an alert and then you can go get tested on your own volition. All it is is it's just trying to assist people. It's just trying to give you extra assistance of an alert, Mm. you know, that, hey, a little bit of a higher risk, go get tested. You know, um, I think that's what it's supposed to be. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's definitely interesting. It'll be, it'll be. I, I'm really interested to kind of see the post mortem on it. You know, in a, mm. in a year, in a couple months or in a year, when we finally get mm-hmm. some kind of a, a study on whether or not it helped. Yeah, because like I don't think there would be something that you can gain out of knowing how many people have gotten COVID in this area or those kind of metrics from hackers' perspective who want to get who wants to get the data. Because like, what are you gonna do? Is I, yeah, compared to anyway. the compared to the other things people do on their phones, I really don't think there's much for hackers to gain. Yeah. Um. Like, and even then, if somebody knows I have COVID, I mean, I guess what's the worst case scenario? You're gonna, you know, an ad company is gonna find out and then start advertising medication to me or something. I guess, but compared to everything else we do, I feel like it's a kind of small. Mm. That part's a small risk. Um, oh, they actually replied because they're in Perkinshire. What I mean is how easy would it be for a hacker to track a COVID-positive report back illegally to whoever reported themselves? I have no clue. That would probably be... That would probably have to do with the app itself, not the API. Um, because the API takes care of the Bluetooth stuff. The app actually takes care of registering people. Um, and that would be mm. your country's health system. Right. Um, so that would really come down to do you trust, you know... Like if in the U.S., for instance, do you trust the CDC or do you trust your state's healthcare system? I think it's I think it's state by state in the U.S. Um, and Canada is it might be countrywide. I'm not sure. I think it's provincial based. I don't know. But I mean, even even then, I mean, if a hacker knows you're positive for COVID, okay, then what? I don't know. And then, and then two, keep in mind, after two weeks, if you survive, then what, are you going to, like, not be able to get a job or something? I don't think it's something that you like, can blackmail I, anybody for. Yeah, I don't really think you can blackmail people for COVID. Yeah. 
you know, keep keep in mind, if I got COVID, I'd be fucking telling everybody. Yeah. I would call every single one of my coworkers, my boss, mm-hmm. my family. And I would tell everyone that I had COVID if I got right. it. Personally, like, you know, for safety and for, you yeah. know, and then I probably wouldn't go anywhere for two weeks and I'd probably lock myself in a room. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. All right, next email. Uh, do you want to do one? Uh, Sure. Right. Dear Furcast, thank you for reading my previous email, even if it was massive rent. Uh, I would like to let you know how I am, as previous email, was a bit dark, and I would like to pose a topic or question. A few months ago, I was dealing with a, with a bout of depression caused by struggling with my uh, master's degree project. Loneliness, the police state, and needing to find a job. Luckily, everything worked out very well and I got a first in my uh, MSc um, master's degree and graduated and a graduate job with a large multinational company starting tomorrow Hmm. it even pays well enough to rent a really nice apartment in a pretty suburb that's good by UK standards the UK continues to struggle with COVID-19 owing to a lack of tracing system and causes are, cases are on the rise. Uh, cases are on on the rise sorry uh really quick i just want to i just want to jump in there covid being out of control again the, the tracing systems are nice but the main reason it's going to be out of control is going to have to do with government regulation on businesses and you know mask wearing requirements and honestly it's the little things like that i hate to tell you but like again, the the, tra- the tracking tracing it, it's a neat help, but that might solve one percent of your cases. I think, um, you know, if if your particular region or territory is struggling with COVID, it's probably due to leadership, leadership in that region or territory, generally. <clears throat> um, the rise in, in Manchester, where I live. The government just banned seeing people from other households indoors again, despite the fact that all the bars and offices are still open. Huh. This is not depressing me like it did last time, as is somewhat unforceable. Unenforceable. Unenforceable, and no one seems to be following the law. So I can see, I can still see my boyfriend. Smiley face. Masks are very important indoors or on public transport though yeah thank you for your advice from the last email although i feel that it is not applicable to the united kingdom i don't remember our advice yeah i think it had to do with covid stuff though it was a while ago oh i remember i vaguely remember yeah um, vaguely remember too yeah we were saying something like i think um oh they were frustrated with people like not following rules and also like with what able, they should do yeah and not yeah. being able to see people i'm getting to the point where i think probably one of the best and like safest things you could do is go meet up with somebody and take a hike somewhere mm-hmm. outdoors in public where but in in like a hike where you're not around people right not mm-hmm. like you know don't go party at a beach but like just you and one other person yeah and and it's getting to the point in most regions where i think it's it's a reasonable risk assessment to hang out with one or two people it's okay especially if they're people you're used to seeing um it's really parties get-togethers bowling alleys you know bars shit like that that really needs to be avoided um 
Anything that encloses you in an indoor space around especially people that you are not normally close to is is an issue, mm. right? If it's your family that you see every week, you're probably okay. Um, but if it's, you know, don't go to a bowling alley. <laughs> That's like probably one of the worst. Uh... <laughs> that in bars, especially. Because then you're taking off a mask and drinking and sitting next to people. Right. So it's like, that's probably one of the... Well, aren't bars just the same thing as restaurants? As long as you have, like, booths that are separated? So separating booths and restaurants can help a little bit. The only thing is, um, because of internal airflow, it is still possible for people to get stuff. And actually, that has... There are recorded cases of that. Um, It, like literally depending on where the air conditioning vent is aimed will affect who gets COVID. It's like pretty freaky. Dang. Yeah. Um, and that's why like going outdoors with one or two people that you like would see regularly and just going for a hike or something is yeah. like probably one of the safest things you can do. Right. Plus it's exercise. Yeah. Um, going on. Now onto my topic. What are your thoughts on the overlap between the furry fandom and pet and pet Pup play BDSM. I asked the fur meets in Manchester are a little strange. The venue hosted the uh, fur meet well before COVID was in the middle of the gay district and also hosted the pup and pet play events. Hence, I basically got exposed to all that through my friends and got really into it. Makes sense given I'm a massive sub. In fact, I'm looking to commission a custom pup hood soon of my fursona. My opinion is that although furry is not related to BDSM, it tends to attract people who are interested in it, like a Venn diagram overlap. Thank you for running the podcast, and I look forward to your thoughts. Hiroji. Hiroji the Sergal. Dear wolf pup thing. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh... Uh, so, well, obviously, just different people are interested in different things. Why, as for why the overlap, uh, I think that's easy. Um, furry is all about... that. That's my... Oh, sorry, I'm getting emails. That was my, my firewall just sent me an email for something. Um, furry is all about transformation, right? And I don't mean TF, like art TF. I mean, like, becoming a new identity that is maybe more presentable in a certain way or mm-hmm. is an enhancement of yourself or is a little sexier than you know you you think you are or okay. something like that um and that's also what pup stuff is uh I, I, I don't i like a lot of people say bdsm i know a lot of pups who are not into bdsm right i sort of disagree or from how i see it so one thing that i I feel iffy with pup players is that I, I'm completely supportive of what they do. It's just that a lot of pup players are hard to distinguish from other pup players. Because like they sometimes it's hard to distinguish them because their hoods sometimes lack the unique features that distinguish one pup player from another. Maybe you can add like, you know, tint on the side, green whatever, or like See, I think that's actually a goal. And not anonymity. Uh, uh, yeah, to be generic, because the, okay. the the thought of it is when you're a pup, you're just a pup. Right. Like, you might have some brand or some identity online so that people can find you. But I've met a lot of pups who are really into the idea of um, not necessarily complete anonymity, 
but they are just treated like an animal. You're just a dog. There's no style. There's no art. There's no design. Instead, it's more like you are just treated like that. Yeah. And, you know. Because mm. I see more uniqueness from an actual dog than from a pupphood. Well, yeah. Personally. I mean, that's that's like saying all fursuits are supposed to be realistic. If it, Like... <laughs> I think they have different goals. I don't see... Okay. I, they're obviously different in that way. But I, I wish there was a pup player, Nico, uh, was here to explain it on behalf of us. Explain what? Like, what it feels to be a puppy. Because he has a pup hood. Well, so I think it's different me. for the different people. I think some of them, it's a it's a, it's a headspace thing. Right. Um, for some of them, it's just because it's, like I said, a physical body enhancer. Like, mm. a lot of pup gear looks really fucking hot. So... <laughs> It's as simple as that. Mm. Um, people want to be something other than human. Being human is boring. Yeah. That's it. I think that's all there is to it. It's just a style like anything else. Okay. Um, but I think the ability to accept it and the ability to define yourself more by your sexuality or your physical appearance in that right. way, I think, is what makes them similar. That's why you get similar types of people, kind of. Um, the only reason I haven't, I mean, I obviously have tons of friends that are into pup stuff. The only reason I haven't resonated with a lot of the pup stuff in the pup community as much is because the pup community seems, and, and from my perspective, more focused on the like role play of dominance and submission, yep. which I'm not into. Yeah. And that I, I like to stay equal with my partners. Yeah. And being like super dominant or submissive is... Not my thing. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and speaking of dogs, you know, dogs are... What was... I think you read the research on Furcast a while ago that the whole idea of that dogs are supposed to be in the hierarchical system... is bullshit. Yeah, it's a bullshit. So it's bullshit, yeah. Th that's one thing that gets me. is like, oh, you're supposed to be a dog and dogs are supposed to listen to you. And like, that's not how I see dogs. They're just equal beings as me. Well, I'm sure there's different people for that. Yeah, but I, I know this is just a sexual place. Or, you know, separate no, not things. even that. I mean, I've met pups who aren't like that, too, oh. who aren't into, you know. Like I've, hierarchical things? No. I mean, there's relationships of three pups that are just all pups together. Hmm. True. So, there's <laughs> no, yeah. right? Like, you can't really assume anything about yeah, people. It's way too diverse. It's way too diverse. Yeah. Which is good. Um, I'm into bondage, but I, for me, yeah. I'm into bondage... Without any assumption of power or hierarchical stance, it's just that I love providing that physical restraint for people who enjoy it. Yeah. And I also like the physical feeling of getting restraint. But that's about it. There's no psychological play for me. Hmm. I don't know. I think it depends on the person for me. Yeah, I, I wish we were kinkier. <laughs> <laughs> you wish I was kinkier? I mean, so that we're able to answer with more experience well, when I it think comes to BDSM, but I, we are not that Keep kinky. in mind, I mean, it's it's one of those weird things. Like, I've also met pups who are not sexual at all. Um, okay. Now, that doesn't mean they aren't kinky, though. Because, yeah. by the way, that's that's the other thing that I've kind of realized over the last, like, five to ten years. Yeah. Is kinky and sex are very different things. Uh -huh. <laughs> I have met people who are really kinky and they do not, they don't want their dick touched whatsoever. Yeah. Or anything like that. And then I've met other people who fuck a ton and they are not kinky at all. <laughs> and so it's like, 
it's just one of those things, you know, different different strokes for different folks. <laughs> um, but as for why the overlap, I think uh, it really comes down to the mindset of, of being able to accept eclectic people. I think that's what it is. Mm. I think pup is a very eclectic thing, and I think furry yeah. is a very eclectic thing. Yeah. Just in terms of, like, going out in public looking like that, you know, and, and associating who you're friends with based on that, right? Mm. You know, it's like, I found furry because I like... And I, I, every once in a while, it blows my mind. Like, I'll be sitting with a bunch of furries hanging out, and I'm sitting here, and I'm going, we're all friends because we like the same porn. <laughs> like you know what I mean yeah like that's it sometimes I, okay when I'm on Howler yeah and trying to find someone you know yeah or hook up or just snug whatever I would actually go on their FA and like oh let's see what kind of porn that person likes yeah exactly. and like if it We're matches kinda... mine it's like hmm okay extra one point yeah I might hit him up yeah well, and I think what it comes down to for me is like when I meet somebody and they're nice, you know, I can I can work with people at a professional level. Um, I can get things done. I don't really need to know who you are to, to be functional. But in order to really trust you and want you in my personal life yeah. and let you know who you are, I want to know that you can handle who I am. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that I'm NSFW on my Twitter, because I feel like if you can't handle a little bit of porn on your Twitter feed, I don't want you to follow me. <laughs> right. And I, I feel like that's why when I go to somebody's FA and I see some really good porn that I also like, it's like, yeah. okay, good. This person can handle me. Yeah. This person is not judgmental. They're not going to – their mind is open enough to be able to handle this thing. Yeah. And it's one of those like sometimes when I see people who are into a certain type of drug or they're into a certain type of weird kinky sex, I'm yeah. like, you know what? I'm not into that, but I'm glad that they are because now I don't have to worry about them knowing me. Yeah. Right, because like if my coworker knew who I really was, I don't think he would want to be around me. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that's I think what it comes down to for me is like that trust level of like knowing, mm. like we're all degenerates on the same level. And when we hang out, it might have nothing to do with that, right? Yeah. Like we can go to a local fur meet and just have a barbecue and talk about work, but just knowing that that person is into the same weird ass shit that you are yeah. is like okay, good. <laughs> I'm safe. That's what it is for me. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Uh, let me grab the next one. All right, here we go. Uh, Fan mail from a newer fur you can read on air. Oh, good. Glad you clarified. Hello to the bestest wolf and bestest blue fox. Oh, oh boy. First of all, I'm not the bestest wolf. And sorry, the blue fox isn't here tonight. And any other host. Oh, there you go. Meow. Risky. My name is Bright. I've been in the fandom for only a short time, less than two years. Recently, I found your podcast and I've been making my way through the all old episodes. Why would you do that? Currently, I'm to where you finally got an AC in the new house inside the house you bought. Oh, nice. Yeah, that air conditioner's doing great. It's awesome. 
I hope you are all well. Just when I thought I was starting to get bored with some parts of my uh, parts of the Phantom, this is going to be a year I tried going to some cons. You sparked my interest again. You've also brought me many laughs and helped me through a rough time recently at work as well. And I like listening to the fun stories and the bickering. I may be a new fan, but I'm already loving the show. Love hearing you all, and I love looking forward to my episodes. Thank you for what you do. Uh, and hope you're all doing well. P.S. Blue foxes are sexier than salty wolves. Wow. <laughs> and who was that? That was, uh, oh, they, oh, Bright. That was Bright. Well, thank you, Bright. All right, next. Um, do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? Uh, this is the long one. I'll let you read it because my last one was pretty long. All right. And then you can read the one after that. Okay. And then we'll be done. All right, a story to share. Hello, Furcast. Feel free to read and comment on an email during your podcast. I am, I am known as Azure. Microsoft. Yeah, I was going to say, you're the Microsoft Cloud Service. We actually used to use Azure for our uh, show for a while. Huh. Yeah. What did you move over to? Um, well, we only used their CDN, which was actually just Akamai repackaged as Azure. But then we got rid of it because they, they wouldn't allow us to set caching rules that we needed. Right. So we dumped them. Right. And now we just use AWS. And Linode. Hmm. And Cloudflare. AWS works pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. you were completely on Linode. Yeah, the main servers are on Linode. Uh, yeah. Is AWS just as a backup? Yeah, they kind of cover it up. And then, uh, well, they cover up the video stuff, and then Cloudflare covers up the website. Uh, basically, yeah. Um, I am known as Azure, a male ocelot Microsoft cloud hosting service from the meme that is Brazil. <laughs> Sorry, I added that. The meme that is Brazil. Okay. I I guess I could understand that. I am writing this as a suggestion from Kaiwana from Telegram Chat. Oh, shout out to Kaiwana. He's a kitty. He's a good kitty. He's in New Zealand. He's in the future. Uh, quarantine has got me trying a bunch of different games. And one day this week, as a joke, I started playing Amoris. Um, yep, Amoris. What is that it's game? It's a furry dating game. Oh, it's one of the dating sims? Yeah. Okay. While streaming to some friends over Discord, we had a few laughs, but the session didn't last much. Uh, I just got as many contacts as I could, then closed the game. However, the same day when our group was not doing anything together, I went back to it and became invested in, uh, on what little I saw of it. I ended up spending the rest of my day with those characters. Mercy first for no other reason than I like spending time with her, just in case anybody was curious. After I was done, I was completely sappy, thirsting for love, but went about the rest of my routine. And while showering and lying down before sleeping, I started thinking about my life and relationships. I am 20 years old, and I have never had any kind of romantic relationship, much less so sexually, since I'm not interested in casual sex, instead hoping for something lasting and meaningful. Although I have met new people, I have not developed any new relationships over the last three years. I didn't make any friends in college, which I joined last year, but I appreciate the people who helped me on group assignments. Back to my lonely thoughts, I question myself with things such as, am I really missing out so much, being so ind indifferent and passive? Should I have been acting differently? And is there really anyone out there that would like me for who I am? How much will I have to try until I meet them? How can I improve myself to be more attractive? And... Uh, where should I look for people? Oh, and one more. Uh, I, don't I don't need love. I'm satisfied with what little friendships I have. I have made plans about getting my degree moving to another country and starting a career before I'd be willing to find love. Is it worth risking that? I didn't reach any answers by the end of that whole self-reflection, but I did decide that I want 
change or want to change. And I've started doing some basic exercises indoors that I hope to expand on with time. I have an average build being 193 centimeters. That's 6'3 tall. <laughs> I don't think that's an average build. That's a pretty tall boy. You're a, you're a tall, tall boy. And weighing 78 kilograms, 170 pounds. I would like to, uh, and I really want some decent legs and chest, arms being the least of my priorities. I may also continue my keto diet that I had stopped during quarantine during, due to monetary reasons. I'd like to ask for your thoughts and maybe some advice and stories. Thank you for your time and attention. P.S. I still haven't finished Seth and Jack's story. Oh, those are the two bestest character in the game. Really? Wow. Oh. I'm disappointed in him. I'm already looking forward to Negoshi next, or Nico. Nekojishi. Nekojishi. Next. Apologies if anything was poorly written or worded. I barely manage with my native language. Okay. Um. Well, I read the email. Do you want to? Can I? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Especially you played the game too. So. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I was like 17 when I played the Morris, and I've never been in any kind of romantic relationship, any kind of physical intimacy. Hadn't had never. You mean? I had never. Yeah. And after playing that game, I was like, oh, well, I, and I went through the phase of like, oh, I wish I had a furry boyfriend or furry girlfriend. And, but I really never got to hang out with any other furs other than my one online fur friend that I managed to meet, I don't know, maybe once or twice every year. And he was already married, so I couldn't get in romantic relationship with him. And... It wasn't until I started to go to fur meet. Um, when was that? When I was eight, 19, yeah. So I started going to fur meet when I was 19 after I graduated from high school because I lost all my high school friends and I didn't know where to look. And I just went on lo uh, Facebook and typed in, you know, local area, ne uh, local area name, furry. And... I just asked, hey, I'm new to the area. Can somebody uh, just show me around? Can, can someone explain what the furry fandom's like here? And someone someone took me out to a local restaurant and had a good talk. And he liked me, so he brought me to a fur meet next week. And I expanded my friendship from there on and met new people. And it just rapidly expanded there. I think you just got to find... A group of people that have same interests as you. I think that's the first step. From yeah. there on, you can meet other people who are more like you, connect with you, and more connection you have, more possibility of finding romantic partner, or just a good friend. Yeah. Um. So coming at it from the biased perspective that you and I both have because we're both very poly open people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even even if you're not into poly or being open um, sexually like we are, I think at a friendship level, you kind of have to be a little bit. And what I mean by that is um, don't try to define who your friends are and who they aren't and don't try to Put, put so many labels on things and I'm not I'm not just saying like well don't use labels and you'll be fine because it's like no if you're lonely you're lonely and that's valid right I don't want to I'm not trying to sugarcoat that shit I'm just saying like don't make it your goal to have something that is standard or typical for me personally 
Uh, and I'm going to say what works and, and, and how it doesn't, because even lately I've actually been really stressed out about stuff like this myself. Um, I like to think of all the connections I have in life as a giant web, like a spider web. And I'm maybe at the center of it, or if you want to go less pretentious, I'm just somewhere on the web, right? And there's other connections just all around. And all of them have varying strengths. They all have varying reasons. They all have varying distances. Some of those people are far away. Some of them are people I talk to every day. Some of them are people I really trust. And I know each of those per people uniquely and, and kind of how they fit into my life. But like, they're all friends, quote unquote. But they're obviously not all the same, right? Like some friends are like the people I might cry with and some of them are friends that I might just like play some games with and some of them are friends that I might like to have sex with and all these different things. And it kind of just, you just let it go. Like, I feel like um, some people try to like have their little group of friends and that's it. Uh, and it's like, no, I, I think that develops naturally over time. But like I have... The friends that I talk to every day, I, it actually kind of surprises me. I don't. Sometimes I don't even know why. Like, why are these friends? Like, I love them. They're great, by the way. Shout out to my friends <laughs> that I hang out every day. But, like, I think to myself, like, why these guys? Because, like, I have a bunch of friends in California that I get along with. And I have a bunch of friends in New Zealand that I get along with and stuff. And I talk to them. Sometimes, but, like, I'm like, why, why, why do I talk to these guys every day? And I don't know. But you just kind of let life flow. Um, and that's not to say things are mutual, right? Sometimes somebody's more interested in you than you are in them, or sometimes you're more interested in them than they are in you, you know, and that sucks. Um, but I think especially in the furry fandom, as you, especially when you do start going to cons and events, you are going to get thousands of people thrown in your face who are very likely to be compatible with you in some way or another. And I think it's important to keep your mind open and let things come and go in life. Yeah, and one thing I want to add on is that even though you'll... Sometimes you'll meet people that you think you'll be great friends forever and you stay good friends forever. But don't be disappointed if you don't get to talk to them for like six months even though you feel strong connection with them. Yeah. You know? It's okay. It's, it's okay if you guys don't talk for six months because the friendship will still be there. The time doesn't degrade good friendship. You know, it... Yeah. Um, well, well, to continue, I, was, uh, um, I guess I'll jump back. Um, <laughs> shout out to Jesse who just messaged me. said, same way, I don't know why the hell you talk to me either. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. Um, you know, I think... Uh, yeah. Sorry, because I used to feel disappointed in my little friend group that I had like a few years ago because I would try to message him every day because I love and adore them, but they didn't message me back like as much as I did or message me first as much as I did. And I realized that they have their own life and sometimes it's not possible to give me the same level of attention that I'm able to give to them, but they still adore me the same way. And they still value me just as much as I do to them. Yeah. So. Well, and sometimes I think, too, like, I have a few friends that I might talk to once a year, once every six months. And I always say to them, like, hey, listen, I love hanging out with you. I love chatting with you. But just so you know, like, our friendship doesn't expire. And sometimes I feel bad because it's like I sit there and I'm like, you know, that guy's really cool. 
And it kind of sucks that we really only see each other once a year. Because, like, what if we would get along on a better level? And what if... No, no, I shouldn't say that. Okay. Because obviously we get along. And I've had friends that I'm actually, like, like you know, uh, I have a few friends in New Zealand that, like, I'm very emotionally close to and I care a lot about. But I might talk to them once every couple months or whatever. And I feel bad. But at the same time, it's like, well... If what we have to share with each other is truly interesting, if we do vibe on that level, then we vibe on that level. And if we don't, we don't. And and that it's not to say also that um, loss doesn't suck, right? Like if I lose a friend or if I lose a loved one, like it sucks. But it's nice to know that I do have a group of friends that I can fall back on. I do have other people that I love, right? Like you and I are mates, but if we're not getting along, you have your other groups of friends you have other lovers you have other sexual partners and same with me i have other lovers other other friends other sexual partners and so it's kind of nice because we kind of just our relationship might not be perfect and it might not even be the relationship that we would like have assumed that we would have wanted but over time you kind of realize like we we're okay we're surviving as best we can and we can appreciate what we have and what we don't we fall back on the web Mm. And uh, and I think that kind of just eventually stuff shifts around and moves and you get into a reasonable position. Now, that said, COVID fucking sucks for everyone. And that is not something you should ever feel bad about. So if you feel like shit right now because you can't see any of your friends or do things or be around, then that's totally understandable. Um. And I feel like even you and I are very stressed out about that. Although luckily you got to visit some friends and I'm hoping to visit some friends like in a week or two. Mm. Um, so that part's hard because it's like, even if you can see friends, you might be able to see one friend <laughs> or two friends. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> right. You know, meanwhile, I used to go, I used to do five or six furry cons a year. Right. Yep. And this year I've done zero well okay i did virtual anthrocon but other than that i've done zero um and that was a huge part of my lifestyle and that that was also a huge part of my uh lifestyle of being able to to kind of fling right like mff is where you and i would go and find new people find new partners find new friends you Mm. know see the friends that you haven't seen in a while and it kind of sucks that we haven't been able to do that and so you know like I love you very much and we get along great, but we also drive each other fucking crazy because we're all we have right now. Mm. And our lifestyle is based on having a little bit more than that. And we don't, we can't because COVID. So mm. shit's tough. Um, although I think we're doing pretty good overall compared mm. to some people, by the way, I should say that like, I'm fairly grateful for how my life has gone during all this. As for, where you're at in your life, the whole, like, living in, uh, you know, maybe feeling like you don't quite belong where you are and um, starting the career and everything, that is also, uh, that's a tough one. And I regularly think about that, too, because I live in a generic, small, rust belt city, and I regularly sit here and think, do I really belong here? Because I'm going to be honest... I, I basically don't have very many friends here. I mean, I have a Rayo and I have like one or two other local furs that I know and that's it. Um, and it's a little, uh, sometimes I wonder like, do I belong in Seattle or do I belong in California or London or some 
city where things actually happen. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm sure someone can accept you for exactly who you are, so I wouldn't worry about that. That's not to say don't improve yourself. Um, and and the, the working out stuff I think is great. Like that's, you know, especially if it makes you feel good, hell yeah, totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally find what keeps me sane is keeping things clean and organized. That's a big one for me. Um, but yeah, how to move on from where you're at, and especially during this crisis. <laughs> I wish I like. I wish I had experience with COVID or previous pandemic, <laughs> so that I can give advice to people. Yeah, yeah. I feel like maybe we'll be a little better at the second time around. But. Yeah, but like none of us have the experience, so I, yeah, I, I wish I wish that I had like. If somebody asks me for relationship advice, mm-hmm. I can give a pretty okay one with previous experiences that I had. Yeah. But with this, I can't. But um, oh, actually, you did mention that you're not interested in casual sex. Instead, of, instead, you're hoping for something lasting and meaningful. Us being biased. Yeah. Right? I think casual sex can be lasting and meaningful. And yeah. I, I know that sounds weird. What I mean by that is, like, I have a few friends uh, that I see at cons that I regularly just make love with. And we have a lot of fun. And although they are not there for me when I come home and have a bad day at work, and although that person is not with me by my side at all times, uh, quite like, you know, let's say Maruski is. Mm. Wow. Um, he's a good kitty. I'm here to warm up your bed. But that is a long lasting like that is a thing that we share and i regularly message that person and say hey i really love this i love doing this with you it means a lot to me and I, it matters to me that we can keep doing it and i hope you know like i will try to mean like this is valuable to me that we do this and we share this and they're like hell yeah i love you too and i love that we do this and so it's like in a weird way it's a it's a weird relationship but it is a relationship and you might say oh well, yeah but that's not the same as like a totally fulfilling relationship well yeah but also, a lot of what should be totally fulfilling relationships, people you live with, the, the you know, the closed monogamous boyfriend or girlfriend, a lot of times those don't end up, maybe don't, don't end up being fulfilling either if they don't work out. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I think it's just, you know, I'm not saying you got to be like us. I'm just saying um, don't write off the ability to have loving trust with someone like a friend and do something like that i'm not saying that solves your problem i'm not saying that's what you need in the end i'm not saying it means you aren't you know it solves your loneliness but don't write off that ability that having that level of trust with somebody i think is a really good thing yeah good if what your best friend yeah beats anything in my opinion yeah uh but as for finding that romantic thing like how to find that that's it will just present itself to you just one day out of the blue you just gotta wait in my opinion or just you know keep experimenting keep you know meeting new people and then they'll naturally by random chances you'll come across them I think a lot of it comes from experience, but when, when you say the word experience, what most people assume is you mean, oh, experience is in you've had several relationships and you've had several breakups. And yes, that's part of it. I think another part of experience just comes down to knowing people. 
Because the more people you know, the more types of friends you have, the more places you go, the more things you do, mm-hmm. you start to learn what kinds of people there are and what kinds of relationships you're going to have and what kinds of friendships you're going to have and whether or not they work out. Because what makes my relationship better between you and me is also all of the other friendships that we have because I have a reference point, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you are alone on earth and there's only one other person (laughs) or if you're, if you're on earth and there's only 20 other people, you know, okay, that maybe that's a bad example. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, Let's not say there's only 20 other people. Let's say there's as many people as there are, but you're not used to knowing people. You're not used to having friends. You're not used to going places and doing things. Right. Your reference point for what makes a relationship partner compared to a friend yeah. uh, is a little off. It, like first furry syndrome. Yes, that, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. It's like you're new to the fandom. You meet new people and they give you nice big hug and they treat you well. They get cuddly with you and they associate with you and they connect with you because, yeah, you know, furry fandom. You 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 get along well with other f- furries compared to like normies that you will come across and you'll fall in love with them. Cause like, can confirm, have done that. Yeah, I've done that too. First furries I met snuggled me, fell in love with them. <laughs> Still in love with them today, but yeah. yeah. That was that, oh God, that was twelve years ago, yeah. or no, eleven years ago. It was eleven years ago. Wow. Yeah, but that furry, you you fell in love with that first furry, but you don't know that there's like twenty thousand other furries out there. Yeah, well, and I think it <laughs> that could be much better or more suitable as a romantic partner for you. Well, it was still good for me in the end because I think what it was is I fell in love with the lifestyle. And I think I actually remember saying that to them, too. I remember saying to those furries, I remember being like, you know, hey, I don't know if it's you guys necessarily as much as it is that, like, the way you live is Mm -hmm. what I'm falling in love with. The way you treat each other and how open you are Mm -hmm. and the fact that, like, we all just come and hang out at this house that this, you know, and snuggle meant a lot to me. It changed my life. Paradox. Right. So back when I met you last year... um, I was confused with if I'm in love with you or if I'm in awe of you. Okay. Do you, do you get what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. Because, like, you're wonderful. I love you. But at the same time, you have these amazing things around you that I wasn't at first able to distinguish if I'm in love with the things around you mm-hmm. or you. And this is both. Yeah, I think that's also a big thing is is uh, sometimes you fall in love with the lifestyle of a person more than the person, right? Like, you know, I, I've, I've had people that I I am in, uh, I love and care for dearly, but they kind of are very, you know, detached and miserable and have a lot of issues and need a lot of help and, and I'll try to help them and stuff. And then there's other people where I fall in love with them, but it's less romantic and it's more that like i just like what they do i like who they are yeah. i like the kind of person that they are i like and the I think friends that's, that they have you're yeah. in awe of them or awe yeah yeah that's true it's a good point uh fiargo in chat says paradox i think the best takeaway is that different people fill your different wants and needs differently no one person is going to be able to satisfy everything you may need there are people who are like that i mean i have met people who are like they find their one person and they're good but a a lot of those people end up being kind of isolated and two I don't know how they do that because that's not who I want to be you can only top me 
What? Like, As in, like, yeah, you can only top me, but you can't bottom for me. So I need another person. Well, the other thing with sex, too, <laughs> if we're going to talk about sex, is that there's, and I, like, I'm just going to say this to you if you've never had, there are so many different kinds of sex. Oh, like, I, I know. Night and day difference. I mean, there is, like, no, I'm not saying this to you. I'm saying oh, this okay. to, 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 okay. the, to the email writer, Azure, Microsoft. Uh, listen, listen, Microsoft Azure. Um, th- like, there is sex that is so emotional, I'm literally in tears while I'm having it. And then there is sex where it is just so much fun, you're laughing and partying. And then there is sex where, like, it is so smooth and so perfect that, like, you just don't want it to end. You're like, mm-hmm. this is just perfect bliss. And then there is sex where it is purely, like... You're lust. like rage and lust and there's like and there is hot and sweaty sex and there's really clean like very very pristine sex and there is like there is so much and like it is so worth getting to know the different types mm-hmm. because it will really make you appreciate the people you end up loving and being close to mm-hmm. um cause yeah it is well speaking of sex so so Azure says, I don't care much for sex. Well, that's fine, too, because there are plenty of people who also don't care much for sex. Um, oh, hi, I, Azure. I didn't know. Yeah, they're Azure in chat. On, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Microsoft Azure. Um, what are you most concerned about? I know it's going to take, like, 30 seconds before it gets to Yeah, here. broadcast delay, but you should tell yeah. us. Um, yeah, I think overall, um, getting out there. Now, another thing that I will say, and this is for me personally, Bigger priority than where you live is your ability to travel, in my opinion. Mm, I don't know. I had a a different philosophy when I was living in Toronto. I was mostly about finding the right kind of furry friends in local area because if if I make too many furry friends outside of my realm of being able to see on the daily basis or like monthly basis, I'll get depressed. And like, even though I have friends in like other part of the country, Mm -hmm. I mostly wanted to stick to my local area because not being able to see my friends physically made me depressed. Yeah. That's why I changed my philosophy to whoever's within two hour drive. Yeah. But I also got to listen to your side of the story. Azure says maybe that I wouldn't be able to meet new people. So that is their concern. Their top concern. Ah, okay. Got to search it. But I think... I'm not saying travel as in travel all the time to see your best friend that's far away. I mean more travel to get experience. To -hmm. see other places. To learn how other people live. Um, to meet new people, to go to cons. Um, and by the way, when you go to cons, you'll meet other people who actually live near you. That happens all the time. Yeah. I can't tell you how many local furs I've met by driving eight hours to a convention. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, eight hour drive away and it's just like, oh yeah, I live over here. What? <laughs> That's oh, where I live. I think my best experiences of meeting new people mm-hmm. happened uh, unintentionally. Me being out in downtown Toronto just with my backpack to survive two days of not, you know, just two days in downtown. Just my clothes, underwear, a little bit of snack and water. And I 
I go to like a furry bar or some bar with my friends, my furry friends, or this furry event, and I do not plan on coming back until the end of weekend. I go、mm-hmm. there on like Friday night, and I just talk to random people. I talk to, I try to make connections, and I go there with the intention of I'm gonna find someone. I'm gonna stay over at their like room party or just stay over at their place. The guys I've just met just today. And it worked out. And Zuru says, also, I have no idea if I could differ a friend from a partner. Don't. You don't need to. It's,、yeah. it's a gradient. It,、yeah. It's not binary. It's, it's not zero or one. You can slowly, slowly have a friendship with someone and you can progress that to a relationship. Or、yeah. you can just stay friend and still have intimate time, like sex, or just cuddle. And some friends you'll love, but you just can't have anything intimate with. Yeah. You know, I have friends that I love and adore, but for some reason I can't get y i f f with them. Yeah. I have friends that I share kinks with that I just can't do anything with. It's kind of weird. Not that we don't like, we aren't open in, to talking about it or whatever,、mm-hmm. right?、Um, you know, like I'll be naked in a room with them, that's fine, you know, at a con. But in terms of,、um, you know, doing stuff with them, that's it. Anyway, as for the.、Um, I wish you were. Why don't you call us? Well, we'll, well we got one more email and then、okay. we'll do a post show. Okay. Anyway,、um, we could probably move on to the next email. Yeah, but、uh, but yeah, thank you, Azure, for, for writing in. I think、um, it really just comes down to just give it time, meet more people. You know, over time you'll figure it out.、Um, Right. I can read the next email. Okay. Yeah.、Um, I'm just trying to think if there's any last advice that we have, but it's really、oh. go to meets and cons. Get involved. That's another thing,、yeah. too. Like when you start to staff conventions and stuff, that really can help. When you get involved and you have a, a crew that you work with, or,、mm. you know, you staff an event or、yeah. help run something. I don't know.、Um, and by the way,、uh, I don't know if you play VR or you're into VR,、um, but I would just want to say be careful with that.、Um, VR is both amazing and incredibly frustrating when it comes to、uh, intimacy and social connection and love and touch、yeah. and everything. And personally, like, I bounce back and forth with VR. Like, half of me is like, this is fucking amazing. And the other half of me is like, this is one of the most emotionally frustrating things for me because I'm seeing my friend and I can't touch them. Like, I'm, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Even intimate moment on VR becomes comical 30 seconds after. That's not to say if it isn't meaningful to you that it isn't valid, right? I mean, people have plenty of valid relationships on Second Life or whatever, too. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I'm just saying, don't. Um, don't feel bad if that doesn't work for you. You're not crazy. Because <laughs> I've met people that are just like, well, I tried having a relationship online and it didn't work. And I'm like, it's, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't.、Um, I don't know if Howler is being used on Brazil, but that worked for me. Yeah, Howler might help. Yeah, or yeah. just some. I met, up with, I met up with a pretty good, cute yin yesterday on Howler. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was he a good yin? Was、oh, he stinky?、Uh, surprisingly not. Oh, what kind of yin is it? Come on.、Oh, he's a yin. He's got to be stinky. Stimky. But he does smoke weed, so that's、oh, the there stereotype. You there you go. <laughs> that's a yin if I've ever heard one.、Mm. Sorry, yins. You all smoke weed. <laughs>、um, all right. Thanks, Timo. All right. 
From Ziggy. Hello, Furcast. I'm writing this email to hopefully spread the word about my state's current situation. I live in California, and for anybody who may not know, every year California goes through a fire season that starts in early July and ends typically in October. Usually, usually in the fire season, you have one major fire and multiple small ones. Now, some years this can change, and this year is one of those years. About a week ago, a fire started burning in the foothills at the time. A while,、uh, at that time, a wildfire started burning around the coastal town of Santa Cruz. Both of these fires have already destroyed thousands of anchors and have displaced many. I have friends who are planning to evacuate their homes if they need to, and they might stay with us. Now, where I live, we're safe from the wildfires. But we still get heavy bits of smoke and ash. I've attached some photos that you can show on stream if you want to. I want to talk about this because while this severely affects us, not too many people out, out of state know how bad it, it really is. That could be because we overlap with hurricane seasons, but I'm just guessing. I also want to spread the awareness because the people who are displaced need help, and although there aren't charities open to help them yet, I want to ask that when they do start opening, that if you can donate to them. Now, at the same time, please do your research on the charities if you decide to donate. Some could be trying to steal money from you. I would also like to thank you guys at Furcast for keeping up the po podcast during these rough times. This on top of COVID really isn't help helping. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who listens to this and love you all. With boops and love, Ziggy. Yay, boops. You got、uh, booped. Ah! I have a friend who just had to evacuate because of California wildfire. Yep.、Um, it just hit the redwoods, too. Yeah. Some of those trees、uh, in the redwoods in California are thousands of years old. Dang. Yeah. Like, it's... That's, it's, like, there are trees there that are believed to have、uh, existed before like, Roman times. Wow.、Uh, and some of them are being severely damaged. Now, keep in mind, those trees、um, are somewhat supposed to be able to survive a forest fire. In fact, that, actually, that's somewhat healthy for them, but the scale at which the fire is burning is、mm. tremendously damaging to them.、Mm. So that's pretty sad. Yeah.、Mm. But, yeah. I'm really sorry to hear that. Hope you end up surviving well.、Uh, really quick, shout out to、um, Phenod.、Uh, whoops.、Ah, okay, hold on. I just want to grab something.、Uh, so, this, this random、uh, pool toy here that is always in the background,、uh, shout out to Phenod who sent this to us.、Uh, he's one of the furries that makes these pool toys.、Uh, it does a lot of the design work.、Um, they're, they're printed by a rubber company, but all of the designs are actually done by furries.、Uh, and in particular, Phenod、um, does a lot of these. Uh, and uh, Phenod lived in、uh, Paradise, California, which a few years ago、um, burned pretty bad.、Uh, and his house burned straight to the ground, like nothing left.、Uh, uh, and we ended up shouting out his Kickstarter on the show.、Yeah. Um, or GoFundMe, or, or no, not, not Kickstarter, sorry.、Um, I forget what it's called. You guys know what I mean. It was a donation link that we shouted out. 
And uh, so Finod was thanking us for that. And so at MFF, he met up with me yeah. and he gave me this pool toy uh, <laughs> as like a little gift because he makes them. Um, and I guess he's really well known in the pool toy community. I didn't know anything about it, but now we have a little pool toy in the studio. Oh, I see those everywhere. I know. These, they're, they're cute. Like it's, it's yeah. super cute. Very innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, although not all of them are innocent. Yeah. But yeah, it's cute. So there you go. That's where that came from. So shout out to Peanut for that. Um. Yeah. Um. All right. And then we got one more email that we'll jump into here. Okay. It's from Tiger. Well, that oh, might wait. be their real name, so don't read it. Okay. Hey, uh, Paradox and Nico. Just me and Nico, apparently. <laughs> I am Bright from Central Florida. Save us, it is horribly hot. Temperature in Orlando, Florida. Oh, wait. My phone was turned... Hold on, I'm muted. Hold on. What is the temperature in Orlando, Florida? I found this on the web. Oh, of course. It got all my speech. Hold on. What is the temperature in Orlando, Florida? <laughs> it's 25 degrees right now Not in Orlando, bad. Florida. Not bad in Celsius. Uh, although it's going up to... 30 tomorrow. So, yeah. yeah. We get about the same. Hot summer day. Of course, it probably gets hotter than that yeah. during some of the other parts of the week. Anyway. I am 25, and I've been in the fandom for three years now. Starting off, hope you're doing well. I am currently listening to prior episodes, currently in the 320s. I miss CJ, but Nico's fantastic, because I relate to him, his complaining so much. It's amazing to listen to his judgmental sounds. Most of my interaction with the fandom was on forums and Discord. Uh, this year, I started to lose some of that interest, even more so since all of the furcons that I wanted to attend this year got shut down. Listening to your podcast at work, though, has reminded me a lot of what I love in the fandom. Um, and it has made me a lot more interested in sticking around. Uh, you've got me to give me many laughs. Because of this podcast, I got to learn about awesome people like Boozy Badger and Dog Bomb. But also, you guys. And if I can suck up, uh, suck it up to get a Twitter, I will be following all of you. Uh, but the constant drama there kind of discourages me. But at the same time, the people you have shown, hosted, or talked about on the show have got my interest. Kind of a short email, not a whole lot to say overall, but I just wanted to send an email to say hello, and I'll hope your week goes well, and that we get to see Pharaoh soon again as well. Uh, yours truly, Brightpaw. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, Twitter can be a bit of a shit show. Um, just be careful who you follow. You can. There's definitely non-dramatic people. You just, you just got to be careful with it. Like many things, it can be used wrong. Um... But yeah, uh, overall, I like Twitter. You just sometimes <laughs> Twitter has bad days and good days. <laughs> I haven't checked mine in a week, and it feels great. <laughs> I I avoided it for a while, and then I am checking it now. But I'm just unfollowing anybody who's. It, it's pretty good. My feed's pretty good now. I'd say I okay. follow some good people, mm. and I try to retweet things that are like productive, like informative or cool or funny or like artists and stuff. I try to like, I try to like only put positive things on my timeline. Or shit posts is okay. Yeah, shit posts are good. You know. <clears throat> quality shit posts. Mm. Um, fucking stick bugs. I hate that stupid yeah, I, meme. I don't know how it came to me. I don't me, know how but... that meme came to me. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it can be hard to, to keep interest in stuff, especially when, you know, a major aspect of it is a social life. Personally, I am... I did not become a furry because of cons or social stuff. I became a furry because I found E621 when I was a kid. Um... But the cons on the social stuff are certainly nice and are certainly a huge big part of my life, so I I understand the stress of like not being able to experience that part of the show or 
that part of the phantom. But yeah. Yeah, I would like I would still be a furry just even if there was no fandom around it. Yeah. It, it's just my identity, so. Depends on the person. You know, some people are I've definitely met some people who are like furry is mainly a social thing for them mm. and they kind of grow out of it too eventually whereas like mm. I don't think I could ever grow like I might stop going to cons maybe at some point if I got tired of them but which probably not cuz like I do staffing at cons and I love doing it but like I I I'm in the fandom because when I was a little kid centaurs made me horny and I'm it's never going to change I'm a degenerate I'm always going to be a degenerate mm-hmm. Like, you know, not Scott me hard. Not, <laughs> not Scott. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those like, um, the social part of it. I might get tired of, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what I see happening actually to a lot of uh, like the older generation furries that like previously were very prevalent. Like, there's a few that I can think of that like I kind of look up to, and I've noticed they're kind of dwindling away. Yeah. But they're not really not being furries. They're just kind of they found their friends, they found their group, they're good. Yeah. Like they're they don't need to jump into every little social aspect, every little new thing that furries kind of come up with and do. Yeah, and it does take a lot of energy away from you to be involved in like new hip things or new friend group that you that pops up in local area yeah keeping up with things definitely yeah and and i i i felt very content after i made my college group and we just started to go to bar every like other friday after class and sometimes that's all you need yeah your small group of friends who you can rely on yeah um, and I think the fandom helps to provide that. Yeah. But um, I think it's important to, to think about, like, what furry means to you, too. Because, like, if, I mean, I guess it's all of the above in, in general. But, like, yeah. you know, just because you don't go to cons, because you don't participate in that, doesn't mean that it's dying for you. It just means that it's your focus is changing in it. Yeah. You know? But, but, yeah. All right. I think that's good. Yeah. It was a good short little show. Dude, emails. We haven't I done emails it, in a while. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was short. It was um, two hours long. Yeah, an hour and 47. I think that's pretty good. All right, guys. Um, thanks for tuning in. I've been your host, Paradox the Red Wolf. And I've been your Tiger Maruski. Uh, we may be here next week. I'm not 100% sure. Um, so stay tuned to Twitter and our website for updates on that. Meanwhile, our other show, Friday Night Tracks... <clears throat> at FridayNightTracks.com. There will be a live show. Um, I'm hoping to get a public version of that website up so that you don't need an account just to see the live broadcast. Mm-hmm. It is also on Twitch and on YouTube, um, the live feed. So if you guys want some great music, um, tune in. We got like a four or five hour show of music. It'll be awesome this upcoming Friday, um, Friday night, uh, Eastern time. So come check it out. Um and if you want to download previous episodes of the music podcast, you do need an invite. Uh, you can just ask in Furcast chat how to get an invite, and we'll help you out with that. We can get you in. Um, that's pretty much it. Thanks for listening, guys. Good night. Good night.